We are concluding this very short series in the Psalms, uh, Songs in the Night, and this is Songs in the Day. I want to begin by uh, quoting a public notice, a public notice in the post office read like this. Reward. Lost dog. Three legs. Blind in left eye, right ear missing, broken tail, recently neutered, answers to the name Lucky. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. We live by our experiences and lucky was either a very smart dog or a very slow learner which is it what is it that enables us as God's people where we are this particular time young and old alike what is it that enables us to survive And to some extent, though other people would be the best judge of this, not only to survive, but to mature through our experiences. Experiences like perhaps these bigger ones, I guess, uh, failed marriage or financial crisis or family bereavement or chronic ill health or and you could fill in the gap yourself against all that threatens to deny it moral failures life threatening disease the approaching death the believer is conscious that God continues throughout his or her life to love us and to forgive us. God who is compassionate and generous and can be trusted to overcome the aging process, if not in this life, for sure in the next. Verses 1 to 5 of Psalm 103 has been much misunderstood. Some people have interpreted it as if it is a right to eternal health or eternal youth. But it's not so. It is eternal life with all the changes and the ebb and flow of human life. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, and so on. So, what I'd like to do, and I promised everybody it would be a shorter service tonight, uh, give customary three headings, and I'd completed the the outline, and I wasn't happy with the, the outline, so what I then revisited the sermon and put um, a subheading. So, for example, verses 1 to 5, 
God's goodness. And the subheading, but your reaction is your responsibility. My reaction is my responsibility. Whatever the life throws against me, if you like. Whatever the experiences we have. God's goodness. But your reaction is your responsibility. Secondly, God's grace. But your blame, and we all play the blame game from time to time, must be replaced by God's grace. Otherwise, you simply get stuck in the journey of life. And lastly, God's glory. Where the psalmist calls on the angels in heaven. Praise him, your heavenly host. God's glory. But, but, your focus, your focus must move from self, as the psalm opens, and people, as the psalm unfolds, to the glory of God. And you have to make that progress. So there it is. That's the outline, and we'll move through it very quickly. I think the introduction of the, the, if you like, the pivotal but adds a bit more in terms of our experience. I'm sure you've uh, heard somebody say to you something like this, or you've heard someone talk, of course I love you, but I now love somebody else. Or... I've brought your car back, but the safety belts work very well. But, and indeed, we're thinking that this is the prelude to Holy Week. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but... And he turns it round, that the world might be saved through him. And buts can turn things round. So let's look at this together. First of all, then, God's goodness. God's goodness, verses 1 to 5. But your reaction is your responsibility. If you read this psalm, you will notice what he does... Uh, the psalmist, David, here, is he engages with himself. Now, I don't know if you do this very often. Many of our forefathers used to be what were called uh, Christian mystics. Not mysticism, but they realized there was a spiritual dimension. They used to talk to themselves, engage themselves, like as if God was beside them on this journey of life and they would, they would talk and speak to themselves engage with our soul when did you last consciously do that whether you're driving in the car you're sitting at home his first reaction is to talk to himself, to engage himself. Now, of course, the last uh, psalm that we looked at, Psalm uh, 42, does this in a, in a very clear way, particularly when the psalmist was quite uh, downcast. And you remember, he speaks to himself like this, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, 
I can't now, but I will. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. My Savior and my God. And if we, that were not enough, again it comes there in verse, at the end in verse 11. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. I can't now. And sometimes we are in situations where it's difficult. So speaking to ourselves like this is, 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 a, is a biblical imperative. And he tells himself something like this. Look, why don't you stop whinging? Now, it's better if you tell yourself than somebody else tells you. Because somebody else tells you, you'll take the half. But you should tell yourself, because you know. And say, instead of whinging, start worshipping. So you make that transition. Look, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. Just do a little rethink. He forgives your sins. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life. From the pit, he crowns you with love and compassion and so on. That's a, that's a good thing to do, isn't it? Songs in the day. In other words, you and I are in God's hands. And sometimes he allows things to come to us. Uh, Radio 4 this past week, it was, it was deeply moving. There was a, a family, um, parents... Um, from Poland, whose daughter was killed in the London bombing. And she was a very bright student and a very able girl. And in the flower of youth, she was killed in, in, the, in the bombings in London. And on the inscription of the grave, this is a very interesting thing, they said something like this from memory. Um, we do not complain that you took her from us. We thank you that you gave her to us. Isn't that amazing? He tells himself, look at life. Go around thinking that it's your right. Then you'll soon find yourself isolated within your own thoughts and your own relationships. So, you're in God's hands. You have a living faith. All right then, put it into practice. And put it into practice in the tough times when it seems God is far from you. Put your faith into practice. Like this. Here's a sentence. You must remember in the dark what you learnt in the light. You must remember in the dark what you learnt in the night. God's goodness. But your reaction is your responsibility. And so you see in verse 2 to 5, look, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Sometimes we forget that we have a soul. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives your sins. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. Satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Beautiful imagery. Count your blessings. Don't discount. Don't discount. 
And isn't it a, a feature of our lives that we forget so quickly? Yes, there you have it, you see, in, in verse 2. Praise the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. What are we like? We are like this. This is what we are like. We remember, we keep remembering what we ought to forget. And conversely, we forget what we ought to be remembering. And no less so here. In an imperfect world. And here we are tonight. Forget not all his benefits. Talk to yourself. Get a grip on yourself. Your reaction, for sure, is your responsibility. God's goodness. God is good. Secondly, God's grace. The whole Heart of this psalm from verses 6 to 19. Yes, God's grace is active, sovereign, amazing grace. But, but, your blame must be replaced by his grace. It must. So, you've, you've reflected on yourself, I hope. You now start to consider God's dealings with his people because you are part of God's people. You and I are part of the people of God. So we move. We're not only thinking of ourselves like this. We should. But we make that progression. God deals with his people. And I'm part of his people. His people are my people. His God is my God. Uh, we will sing in a moment that with anything that I've left out will be taken up in this, this, this great hymn. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring ransom, healed, restored, forgiven. Who like me his praise should sing. I remember his goodness. And the psalmist paints a picture of God like this. He is a patient father. A patient father. I don't know how you can illustrate this, but I remember us four boys at home, and one of the things that you had to do before you went to church was, always on a Sunday morning, polish your shoes. Now, it sounds like as if I'm from another world when you think about it these days. And it would have been much, much easier if he had done it, and quicker. But it didn't work like that. And yet of the patience to watch over us, never late for church, time enough, you do it, you do it, and I'll, I'll watch. A patient, patient father. Constantly looking out for our good. Not spoiling us but encouraging us gently. I wonder if Luke 15 finds its roots here in Psalm 103, that here is the, the picture of God as a patient father looking, looking out for us. 
for the return of the prodigal, the wasteful years. And like any good parent, he knows his children's weaknesses and still loves them. And so Psalm 103, look at verse 13, for example. And here is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely angle, isn't it? As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, who revere his name. For he knows how we are formed. Now, it's his time to remember. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place is remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and so on and so forth. It's a beautiful picture of the sovereign Lord like a patient parent. And you can go back to the way Jesus spoke about the father looking for his stiff-necked, opinionated, wasteful child. So, in Psalm 103, verse 2, we forget. But in verse 14, he remembers. I think it's a play on words almost, isn't it? We forget. He's been so good. He remembers, <laughs> we are dust. Oh, it shouldn't make us depressed. It should make us, give us a sense of realism in this life. And the challenge of the psalm in verse 18, then, if you think we forget, he remembers. When you get to verse 18... From everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love with those who fear him, his righteousness, their children, so on. With those who keep his covenant and now and remember to obey his precepts. Do you see that? We did forget, but now we, we are more thoughtful. We, we remember. We look back and we're humbled. We think, that's amazing. Your blame must be replaced by God's grace. Patient father, constantly looking out for his children. He knows our weakness. So the application, if it isn't obvious, never forget God's grace. Uh, I had somebody visit me recently and uh, he'd been to the church in Olney, where John Newton, the great hymn writer, was. And... Um, I encouraged him to see the, the film Amazing Grace about William Wilberforce. And there's a, there's a scene in that film where young William, the great aristocrat parliamentarian, talking to the old and elderly John Newton. And uh, they engage in uh, conversation. And these words come, are woven into that section of the film. It was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. It's a lovely play in words, isn't it? Grace taught me to fear. 
And that same grace relieved the fear and drew me to him. And lastly, yes, God's goodness. Your reaction is your responsibility and mine. God's grace, but your blame must be replaced by his active, present grace. God's glory. God's glory. But, but, now your focus must move from yourself. We started by saying with this spiritual soliloquy, this, this discussion with ourselves. And then we think we're part of God's pilgrim people on a journey and there's no going back. But now the scene changes. Look at the scene as we come to the end of the psalm, verse 20. Lifting his head to heaven itself. Praise the Lord, you his angels. You mighty ones who do his bidding. You who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all you heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere, in all dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And it ends on the theme that it began with. This is like a, a sort of a musical, isn't it? With variations on this theme building up to a great climax. The glory of God. But your focus must move from self. It's okay, but don't stay there. And from other people, yes, we're part of God's people. Now the glory of God. The glory of God. The last of these um, if, if it helps you, think of concentric circles. Um, concentric means having the same center. It's nothing worse than using words you're not sure about. Okay? So think of these concentric circles as they weave into each other, three of them. Having the same center. God at the center. Or the way um, Vernon Heim in that hymn, I saw a new vision of Jesus. God is the end of the journey. He's the destiny. His endless and glorious domain. There are the children of mercy who will praise him for Calvary's pain. These concentric circles of praise. And he joins with the whole heavenly host. And seems to launch into a groundswell of praise. The word praise is there. Pulsating. Bubbling over. Praise him. Praise him. And we join with the heavenly host. This groundswell of praise. The whole universe is issued an invitation. RSVP. From heaven. And echoing back to heaven. What is it? The glory of God. The glory of God. Everything written over our lives. Dio Gloria. From beginning to end, the glory of God, the, the, the tragedies that we face, the setbacks that we have, the inexplicable experiences, writing over it, the glory of God, the glory of God. Failure? What failure? Failure, somebody said, is the back door to success. And it's as if God leaves the back door open. And we might say, well, I want to go through the front door. It's closed. Not that way. This way. The back door to success. And Psalm 103 offers us fresh and renewed encouragement. Let's take it to heart. 